Hey friends, welcome to this last episode of our special webinar series, Your Church and COVID-19. Today's conversation is fantastic with Kevin Harris from Radical Mentoring. Lean in, you're going to learn lots. I also want to remind you that today's episode is brought to us by a service provider, frankly, you should be reaching out to. Enjoy Stewardship Solutions was founded uh, back in 1992 by number one leadership expert, Dr. John C. Maxwell, and they have worked with over 4,500 churches like yours to help them see their vision be fully funded. They've helped churches raise a whopping $4.5 billion, and they are standing by to help your church now. If you were considering doing uh, a capital campaign in the next year or so by yourself, you need to change those plans. Now's the time to reach out to them. Enjoystewardship.com forward slash rich, and you'll see a tool there that can help you understand uh, kind of the difference between working with them or not with them uh, when it comes to raising resources. Again, this is a time to reach out to them. If you were considering a project or you were looking into the future to say, hey, we need to take this next step as a church, do not give that up. Reach out to them now, enjoystewardship.com forward slash rich. All right, let's go. This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. So I was introduced to this um, small, what we, what we would call a small group mentoring process in 2002 when I was mentored um, by our, our founder, Reggie Campbell, and uh, his second ever mentoring group. And so hmm. over time, what happened was Reggie was doing groups on his own. Then other churches in the Atlanta, Georgia area got wind of that, and they started asking some questions. They started hosting their own mentoring groups. Over time, Reggie wrote a book called Mentor Like Jesus, which outlined the process that we follow. And then ultimately, about seven years ago, Reggie and I started talking about what it would look like if I were to come uh, kind of out of the business world and uh, and join him to help sort of run the day-to-day operations of Radical. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's been a joy to do it. Reggie was a mentor, but he was a friend. Reggie passed away about uh, six or seven weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is... He's up upstairs laughing at uh, all the chaos that's created, maybe to some degree, <laughs> I don't really know. Um, but uh, he was a mentor and he was a friend. And um, what we've seen happen with our organization has been remarkable. Neither Reggie nor I are, uh, are seminary guys or church guys. We're business guys that, um, mm-hmm. you know, both have a heart to engage men. Mm-hmm. And um, what's happened with our organization is now we've worked with around 350 churches of all shapes and sizes across the U S and Canada and, and around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen almost 12,000 guys go through this process. And so part of my reason for doing this is it was a life changer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for the first time in my life, sat at a dining room table with a group of other guys in similar age and stages of life, got to sit at the feet of, uh, not super Christian, perfect mentor Reggie, but a guy who just kind of wanted to take what God had done in his life and pour it out into the lives of other men. Mm-hmm. And uh, just um, so today I'm a, I've been married for almost 20 years mm-hmm. uh, to Susan. We've got uh, two boys, a fourth grader and a seventh grader named Bo and Thomas. Mm-hmm. I've got a 160 pound Newfoundland named Bella. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's a serious so, dog. Yeah, it's a lot of dog, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so and my day to day is this engaging yep. with leaders and church leaders and pastors who just have a heart to figure out a way to engage their men in an authentic relationship with Christ, where you take an older guy with experience who's willing to leverage that experience and pour mm-hmm. that into the lives of younger men. 
Yeah, I love so the thing. There's a lot I love about what radical mentoring does, but one of the things that, uh, in in some ways, I think your organization is like one of those best kept secrets in the kingdom. I don't know personally. I don't know many organizations that have had the the both the breadth. Twelve thousand people is a lot of people. Men is a lot of men, uh, but then also the depth of relationship that has has come out of that and. I, I, and actually, I didn't. I was unaware that Reggie had passed away, and so he, he'd been on our podcast in the past. And you know, that really does trace its its kind of lineage back to that very first group, which is which is incredible. So you know, a huge experience for um, you know organizational experience in in how do we build community? Why don't we talk a little bit about the normal kind of mentoring process? What does that look like? And then maybe pick apart why why you think God's used that. So let's talk about what what's kind of working. What do you think's working on those dynamics on the on inside those relationships? Yeah, no doubt. So when we think of mentoring, most people think one on one. Most people think mentor, mentee, getting together over, over a cup of coffee. Maybe the mentee has the agenda, but he doesn't really know why he's there. And the mentor isn't 100% sure what the relationship dynamic should be. And so those relationships may start with purpose and then sort of wind their way down with, I need a business question or I've got a marriage problem. And so mm. what Reggie sort of realized, and I think other men realize, because this is really a ministry that is oftentimes led by a lay guy at a church, just a guy mm-hmm. who has a heart to do this. Mm-hmm. Those men are oftentimes having multiple relationships with one guy all across the town, meeting with all these different people. Mm-hmm. And Reggie's heart was, why am I pouring my life out to one? And I've got these empty seats around the table. And so mm-hmm. he was really changed by a quote that said more time with fewer people is greater kingdom impact. Mm. more time, fewer people, greater impact. And so what the the method to the madness is a couple of things. One, it is really high commitment. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, men will drift in and drift out of relationships and groups because nobody's really going to hold them to the accountability of attendance. Mm. What, what we sort of kind of put a marker in the sand that says, we don't want you to participate in this. If you don't think you can make every meeting, do every homework assignment, mm. read every book, mm-hmm. we really call men to be all into this process mm-hmm. and it works. Hmm. Some think well, I'm not going to ask a guy to apply, to be a part of a group. That sounds like I'm really dictating to them sort of what this should be like. And we kind of say, you know, asking them to apply elevates the standard. It gives them a better idea of what's expected. Mm. So the application and the high standard is one piece that I think is, has created kind of a band of brothers in this, in our, what we would call our mentoring tribe. Mm-hmm. We have a, we have a, our, our model is you meet once a month, mm-hmm. you meet for three hours. Hmm. Okay. People either say one of two things, one being, and if we're, if we're in the, in kind of church world and, and we, we would think what in the world, you know, you can't do anything. You have to meet once a week. We got to do that <laughs> Wednesday night. Right. And we have to meet in room 101 in mm-hmm. the fellowship hall. We kind of get programmed around the B, the, the big church building. Right. Um, and so we say meet once a month for three hours and meet in the home of the mentor. Okay. Yeah. Which is again, another twist on things. And so the once a month for three hours is really simple guys that are busy 
mentors mm-hmm. that have a heart to do this are busy guys. Yep. To say to them, we're going once a week for an hour every week and you can't miss any meetings is going to feel like a huge jump for people. Right. Once a month for three hours is the right kind of amount of time. So you're thinking either hmm. how can you do anything only meeting once a week? The other thing you might be thinking is what in the world do men talk about for three hours at a time? <laughs> right. You know, yes. Especially when there's no sports on right now. So right. Exactly. Really or we're swinging a hammer to together about. or something. Yeah, that's right. And so um, we, you know, Reggie's process that he started in 2001 is the same process that we outline on our website and our resources is, you're giving these guys homework assignments that apply to their spiritual development and their marriage. You're asking them to read books that are pointing them back into scripture that are um, easy enough to digest in a month, but have a, enough weight to them that um, they're going to feel they're going to feel heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, you're asking them to memorize scripture. and You're asking them to go one on one with another guy in that group in between those monthly sessions. So it's okay, not like okay, you're yep. saying once a month for three hours you disappear out into your own world, never hear from anybody again. Then you show back up once a month for three hours. Hmm. So there's enough content and process in place that it might take some time for these guys to get that work done. And so um, I think for us, the, you know, the rhythm and the magic of it is the accountability and the standard. Mm -hmm. It is the quality of the mentor. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, a guy like, a guy like Reggie Knight, I naively walked in in 2002. I didn't know who he was. I didn't really have any context for, mm-hmm. for what this group mentoring process was. But when I walked in and I heard his story mm-hmm. and I got to hear his heart and got to truly understand the fact that this is not super Christian guy who has it all figured out. It's a guy that's willing to say, hey, here are the warts and here are the scabs and here are where things are going well and here where I'm still struggling with things. And Here's what my marriage is like and my relationship with my kids are like, he opened it all up to us that first meeting and it just created mm-hmm. a really authentic place. And so mm-hmm. um, guys have got to be willing to do the work and they have to be willing to be pretty transparent. And I think those mm-hmm. are the things that really have made these groups really powerful and life-changing for a lot of men. Yeah, there's so much there. I love the the insight around once a month, I think. And, you know, this is, and we're going to get into specific context yeah, now yeah. in a, like kind of now we're all locked down in our houses, what happens then? But that the idea of kind of once a month um, and, and the kind of longer commitment, the instead of four, one hour or 45 minute things, you know, let's do one, you know, longer deal. I think there's something to that. I think, you know, it does allow you, there's the, um, in, you know, normal conversation, right? You have the, you know, you can go quite a while on, well, you can't right now with sports, but you can go quite a while with a kind of shallow conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it takes a while to get down to like, okay, let's actually talk about, you know, actual things. And then now the other thing, could you highlight the, um, kind of what your best practices around mentors and mentees are. So like, what is the profile of the kind of person? Cause there is like an, uh, like almost like an age gap kind of thing going on there to talk to us about what that looks like. Yeah. So you, you want a mentor to have a season of life experience ahead of the mentees. Okay. So I'll use myself as an example. I'm 45. Um, I'm leading my fourth group right now. The guys that I mentor or guy are guys that are typically 28 into the mid thirties, newly married with young kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think when I look back on my story, that's when I got off the track. 
That's when I ran into some of my challenges where business was demanding more from me and I let my family suffer because I felt like I had to answer to the, the call of the business world. And so I've got a little bit of an age gap, but I've mm-hmm. got an experience gap. My kids are 13 and 10. These guys have got either no kids or really young kids. And so I can yep. speak into their lives in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you can also have got, I mean, you know, Reggie was probably at the time we met, he was probably 50, 55. And we were mm-hmm. same thing. We were in our mid 20s. Yep. He had a heart for young business guys because he was a business guy. And that just was where his passions led. Mm-hmm. You may have guys at your church that are young in age, but they're old souls. Yep. They just they have got a just a perspective on life and on faith that can be poured into the lives of somebody else. You might want to take that guy and pair him up with an older guy in age and let them mm-hmm. co-mentor and co-lead mm-hmm. the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. You want married guys with married guys and single guys with single guys. We also have a track for women. So we mm-hmm. we just you know, we, we kind of want to almost segment these guys in groups in terms of the mentees where they're with people that are in similar stages. Single guys and married guys don't work as well because single guys want what married guys have. And there are going to be moments when a married guy wants exactly <laughs> what that single guy has. And so we I just believe and we believe that you've got to keep those groups demographically similar with somebody who's just a little bit further ahead. Yeah, I love that seasonal life thing. I think it's a great way to think about that. Yeah, Yeah, because people think age, and it's really season of life more than anything. Yeah, you want your mentors to facilitate. Mm -hmm. Some some guys are great teachers, and they are terrible facilitators. (laughs) We all know that guy. You know that guy. Yeah, (laughs) he just popped into our heads, right? Yes. You want to make sure that you get that kind of a guy, that mentor profile, the facility. He may be the quiet guy that's in the back of the church that's got this great story. You as the pastor, you as the leader, know it. He wants to be called to something, and this is the perfect environment for him to be called into. But he just doesn't know it exists, and so it's it's that facilitator profile that can get the guy that's talking too much, probably like me right now, get the guy that's talking too much to stop, and then find the guy that's disengaged in the conversation and pull him in. It's the guy that can do those things. You'd be amazed how quickly a three-hour meeting will go when you've got the right leader and, mm-hmm. and the mentees who have kind of gone through that process together. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really cool. Um, now, let's kind of pivot maybe into a little bit of our current context. So, yeah. you know, obviously, we're we're in a, a bit of a strange time where, um, you know, we're trying to figure out how we do relationships and what does that look like and um, you know, I, to be honest, I, so I've spent most of my career in, in um, working in the local church, and I can say as a work, lo- local church leader, engaging guys is always difficult. Getting guys to do anything um, is is difficult. And you know, we're heading into a season where people are guys are going to be more disconnected. What would be some of those things that you're thinking about that we should be kind of thinking about working with guys, particularly to help kind of draw them in in this season? Yeah, I think um, I think there are three types of men right now in this environment. Mm-hmm. There are men that um, have to be alone. They may be sick and they are forced to be quarantined and off by themselves. Yep. There could be some men who choose to be alone, who just have been traveling all the time and they don't know how to engage in community and, and they're just making a decision to pull themselves out of relationships. 
-hmm. Then there are some men who are together with their families, but they're alone because they have no idea who the people are that live in their house because they're (laughs) right, right, right. And so I'll just speak from my own experience. This is, there is no playbook. There is no textbook for this. You can call your great, great grandfather and say, what was it like when? And he's going to say, I don't know, because it's never been a when before. Yes. Yep. And so I think, you know, specific to engaging men right now, um, somebody's, this is going to blow your mind be ready. Somebody's <laughs> got to make the first move. Right. Some, if, if I'm waiting for you to call me, there's a high likelihood that you're waiting mm. for me to call you. And so we just aren't going to talk mm. to each other. Um, and yep. so a simple thing like picking up the phone. I, I went for a walk a couple of days ago and I realized I've got 40 now, probably 27 mentees, including my current group that have no idea how to deal with this. And they're right. with young families and kids are crying and they're a different age and stage. So I just started picking up the phone and working my way down the list and just yep. practically calling them, mm-hmm. um, leveraging technology. I know, what we're doing now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a, my mentoring meeting was Monday night and mm-hmm. I can't get guys in my house for three hours right now. Mm-hmm. And so we did a zoom call for our mentoring meeting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The technology is there right. now. We've got some relational history with each other. So it's not like you're inviting six strangers to jump on a zoom call with each other. That would be a little different. Yep, but yep. we've got some history. And so for us to go eyeball to eyeball and say, Rich, tell me how you're feeling right now during, right. how's your, how's your marriage? How's your parenting? Mm-hmm. And we went through each one of these categories and these guys were able to share exactly what's mm-hmm. on their hearts and exactly what's on their minds because they're known. Yes. Yep. And one of the things we try, we get these guys to share their stories with each other very early in this process. And mm-hmm. when you are known, you are giving all these the other men in the group permission to dig in and ask questions. So if I hear something that doesn't sound right, even in a Zoom call, I can lean in and go, tell me more about that, Rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounded like something there was something more there that you aren't telling me. So leveraging the technology. I'm going to probably try to organize next week. Now I'm going to have to do it because I just said it out loud. <laughs> I'm just going to offer a Zoom call for all my mentees to just get together. Some of them right. don't even know each other, but at least to create that pe- place of community where these guys can go eyeball to eyeball with somebody. Yep. Yep. I think mm-hmm. you just have to leverage practically the things that are there. Yep. Now is not a great time to text people. I'd rather hear from you right now. Right. I think as yeah, the world's that. changed, I want to go, I want to hear your voice. I want to see your face if I can. Um, mm-hmm. We're having to FaceTime grandparents. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. The technology's yeah, there. Three weeks ago, I would have said FaceTime is really annoying. I don't, why would I want to FaceTime my own mom and let my kids FaceTime their grandmother? <laughs> now it's the greatest thing in the world, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I love that, uh, you know, even that notion in general for community that, hey, someone has to make the first move. I think, you know, that uh, that's good for all of us to be thinking about in this season that, um, you know, it, it can be easy to have a pity party in this moment and be like, oh, I'm so disconnected. I'm so, but like, actually we've got it. We, we're the ones that need to own that and say, okay, let's get out there and get in front of people. And um, yeah, I was saying we had our, we've had now two small groups where we've done over Zoom with my, you know, kind of the traditional small group, couples group or whatever. And it's different, but it's still good. And it is, it is um, to get face to face does matter. It's amazing how 
just seeing those people's faces uh, has meant something. I'm like, oh, that's good to see everybody. And it's good to see people are, you know, are doing, you know, okay, for sure. So that's, uh, yeah. yeah, that's, that's really cool. Interesting. I just think of my own life when I was in normal times and when I, when I got off the rails and um, winded into the road of anxiety and depression, I had all the technology in the world and I had all the friends in the world, but I didn't pick up the phone and call anybody. And right. so it was, I, and that was just an all day long, normal, normal world. I know when I isolated, I was a train wreck. The things that, um, you know, if you've seen any of the news, I just saw this came out that um, Pornhub was 0.1% of global internet traffic. Hmm. This was in mid February. On mm -hmm. March the seventeenth, they were eleven point six percent. Oh my goodness! Of internet traffic. Wow! Wow! They just came out and said, and via a press release, they're going to make their whatever. I'm not an expert on Pornhub, but their <laughs> premier paid yeah, for whatever. membership, they're yeah. going to give it away for free. Wow! So that because you and I know the idle mind is the devil's playground. Right. We can right. try to escape from reality or we can lean in and try to create encounters with God and encounters with people and encounters with friends in light of the mm -hmm. reality that we're in. Mm -hmm. And you see it. Netflix subscribers are up. You just people are scrambling. And the easiest thing to do is for me to put my headphones in and sit back and put some movie in and, and just disengage. Just so, no, yeah, just numb out and stop thinking about it. Yeah, people are trying to make those those industries will make a lot of money right now. Yeah, absolutely. They know they can get to people. Right. When when you're in um, engaged in the, I wonder if like just a little bit of a different tack. So in yeah. the yeah. Um, kind of monthly conversations, time together, um, how structured is that? You know, is it? You, you, the thing that got me thinking there was you were talking about, hey, you just had your meeting, and obviously you went through kind of how are people doing in kind of life domains. What does that typically look like? And how, how, how are, you know, again, yeah. what are some best practices on that front? Yeah. So in a typical session and, and I'll, I'm going to side note for commercial radical mentoring.com will give you our resources. They are mm -hmm. free. You can find everything on there. Mm -hmm. We, we would have a, 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 a kind of a, what we would call a conversation guide for a three hour session. Yep. You might spend 15 to 20 minutes talking about the catch up stuff. You're going to spend some time going back in the book that you read. Mm -hmm. My guys read um, The Magnificent Story by James Bryan Smith. So we mm -hmm. were able to do our net outs. Put They were sharing their screens and putting their net outs on there and talking about them. We're going to do scripture memory. I'm going to say, Rich, we just talked about these. You know, Second Timothy 1.7 is a scripture on fear. You tell me what it is. Mm -hmm. um, we have, they're doing these practical homework assignments. My guys, mm -hmm. this month we're doing a... Um, they were having the, it was called choose to lose. And they were going to have a conversation with their wife about an area of conflict where I, as the husband, wasn't willing to give in on it for whatever reason. And they were going to spend the next month giving in on that thing. And we were mm. going to talk about what that looked like. So hmm. we, we kind of would lay out a three hour agenda around the topics and the things that we had done. Hmm. The way it just worked was there was so much in the, how are you navigating the world that we're in now right, right. that you take the agenda and you just push it off to the side. The side. Yeah. And, and, and you can't do a Look, you can't do a three hour session on zoom. Right. I'm getting bored. So I'm going to do a, now I'm going to do a two week. So I'm going to get together with them in the interim. 
So we're yeah. going to probably go every two weeks now and just kind of do an hour, hour and a half condensed conversation to make sure we're covering the topics if we need to. But once these guys start to share some of the real struggles that they're having, mm-hmm. I've got three guys that are financial advisors. Right. They're carrying their burdens, their family's burdens and, and all the their burdens clients. of their clients. Yeah. So for them to talk and uh, I just sit back and they start talking to each other about that. It's mm-hmm. beautiful because the group has allowed them to do that. So yeah, absolutely. it's enough there that you can follow the agenda or you can throw it off to the side. Yeah, that's great. Uh, if you're listening in, uh, I'd love if you, you know, to, for you to jump in with questions. If you've got some questions, you know, jump in there. Kevin is a, a real expert on how do we help people uh, really uh, dig deep and grow in these mentoring relationships. And this, you know, it's a real uh, privilege honor that he is, is here. So if you've got some questions, please feel free to, uh, to drop them in. Why don't we talk a little bit about what it looks like at a church level? So I understand kind of at the, at a macro level or at a micro level, how do, how does radical mentoring end up kind of propelling itself in a church kind of to expand? What does that typically look like? Yeah. So we, um, I would say we do very little traditional kind of out, quote unquote, outbound marketing. Mm -hmm. Most of the way people find us is because they've worked with the church. They've heard us on a Mm -hmm. podcast. They've read Mm -hmm. a blog that we've written Mm -hmm. and they've got an interest with us. There's three entry points that come in from the church. One might be the senior pastor. Yep. His needs might be different. He may be thinking about leadership development or other things or disciple making it it, all across the board. Mm -hmm. Um, a staff pastor, either that's a discipleship group pastor. We see him come in from all different, different ways, or it might just be a lay leader who mm-hmm. has read Reggie's book, has heard part of the story, whatever it might be. So they find us on our website and they create an account. Mm-hmm. Once they create that account, one of the things that our, our team does, there's three of us on staff. We hold ourselves to a really high standard to guide people in the process. Right. We're not saying, hey, here's content and curriculum. Go for it. Right. We are asking for time on the phone. Monday yesterday, I had two two phone calls with folks who had found Mm -hmm. some content and they just needed to understand some of the practical steps of how do you kind of go from idea to to launch this thing. Mm -hmm. We may have a church launch one group because one guy has a heart to do this. We may have a church launch 15 to 20 groups. We really provide everything from beginning to end, including an application and a survey that you can do on the back end. Hmm. But typically they're finding us because they've heard us right. or somebody in their circle of influence um, is using us and they're saying, Hey, you ought to think about doing Talk something like people. this. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And I love, uh, you know, the thing, and I've heard from multiple churches that have worked with you guys that it, there's the, you know, there's unlike, a lot of things where it's just like, hey, download this thing. You're trying to provide um, actual coaching. You're making yourself available to get in front to help, which which obviously, uh, you know, fits with your model. You're ultimately saying, hey, you got to get people right. actually connected. You actually should be relationally connected. So shocker, you know, maybe the model should also be relationally connected. Uh, but but uh, yeah, that's that's fantastic. I uh, you know appreciate that. If um you know if church leaders, so what is how does this? This is a little bit, a little bit farther down. But if church leaders are interested in engaging, how much does your does all this? associated with all this? What does that look like for, you know, a church? How do they, how do they structure with that kind of thing? So we made the decision probably five years ago to give this content away. 
Crazy. Our, our heart <laughs> is that we will be funded by men and by churches who have been touched by the ministry. Right. I, I have a hard time saying pay $39.99 a month for something you have no idea if it's going to be any good. Right. My confidence is that God will stir in the lives of these men and women, and you will hear the stories of life change on the back end that nine months down the road, I'm going to call you and say, did you like it? Did it work? What was the good, the bad, the ugly? And are you willing to pay this forward so that other churches can have access to something like this? And then right. the churches will give back to us at varying amounts based on size. We don't have any set guidelines on that. And God has been so faithful that we don't, um, I don't spend a lot of my time raising money. I right. spend my time on the phone with leaders because I know that it's going to be the husbands or the wives who have a testimony about what happened with their husbands during this process. That's going to be the thing that starts to stir in the church. And that's going to be when the movement starts to happen. Yeah. So I, so if folks that are listening in and uh, this isn't an ad, this is just, I'm genuinely excited about what happens at radical mentoring. You know, that there are a lot of organizations that would love to charge you things. I know at this moment, lots of churches are looking for kind of what they can do next. How do we keep people plugged in? Um, how do we, uh, you know, build relationships, kind of network folks together? I would highly recommend that you reach out to our friends at at Radical Mentoring. You just do that radicalmentoring.com to learn more. Um, it would be a great, you know, I think this could be a great time for you to step out. Um, and and whether that's like, hey, this is something you're going to get started now, um, then in, um, you know, maybe when whenever we can reopen again, um, you know, but that kind of thing could be, uh, you know, a great. Uh, for you. So I, I would highly recommend you reach out uh, to them. When you think about kind of the the, the, the coming weeks and months, um, you know, you, you are in contact with lots of church leaders. You have a, you know, a good view of kind of the church in general. What would you say would be a couple concerns, uh, areas that you think we should be thinking about in the area of kind of community development or kind of help developing, keeping churches kind of plugged together relationally in these coming weeks and months? What would be some of those things? It might be directly related to radical mentoring, but, uh, you know, might also just be other things just because you interact with church leaders all the time. Um, great question. I th do th think one thing that's been interesting just in our own home is six to eight weeks ago when our calendars were full, mm -hmm. we saw online church as a, to some degree, an easy way to get to church without having to get dressed and get out of the house and do all the things you got to do so that right. we could then get right back into our activities. Right. What I'm feeling right now in my own heart and in my own family is Online church to me has almost in, in many ways has reminded me of the power of community mm -hmm. because now in light of the fact that I can't have worship with a family of believers, now I am craving the chance to get online, get back in the church mm -hmm. and see people face to face and have conversation and have worship together. And so mm -hmm. my prayer and hope is that, the busyness shift that we were all in the middle of six to eight weeks ago that came to a quick close is going to recalibrate ourselves and help us see the power of the church building in the church community and not use online church as, as an excuse or, or a way to just go to church so we can move on to the next thing. Right. With that yeah. being, yeah, go ahead, you go ahead. No, yeah, I was going to say what, uh, that I had a brief conversation with a friend two days ago. I was like, like, I know I was really busy two, three weeks ago. 
I'm not entirely sure what I was doing different right. than what I'm doing <laughs> which is weird, right? Like I think all of, we have all known that we have like lots of stuff in our calendars, uh, but it, uh, it has done, it's, that is like, it's an unformed thought. It's this like thing that's floating in the back of my brain around, okay, what, there's something really good about how I'm living right now. How do I take that and transport it into the rest of life? You were going to say something else before I, I yeah, no. So I think for the church right now, I think it is communicate, communicate, communicate. I think if it is, um, authenticity. It is pastor off the stage and willing to sort of communicate on a webcam or whatever it is just about how it's impacting him personally or her personally through this. I think just everybody's off the platform now to some degree. Mm -hmm. You know, more and more churches now are doing worship nights online and it's not a big stage production. It is a guy with a guitar who is worshiping either by himself or inviting others in the church around it. That is just raw and real and authentic. And so I think that idea of coming off the stage and behind the platform, I think, is really powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think offering people ways to engage, whether it Mm -hmm. is equipping your small group leaders with a zoom account or a training session on how do you use and leverage technology Not everybody's going to be comfortable with it. But if you yep. want to continue the community, you better be pouring into your leaders and helping them understand how to leverage some of the technology that could bring them together. Yeah. I think there is some training that's got to happen and there's got to be opportunities. I've seen churches here in Atlanta that are you know, doing men, trying to do men's nights and family worship services and all kinds mm-hmm. of things to mm-hmm. just kind of keep themselves engaged in the lives of their members. Because yeah. I think, and unfortunately, there's so many small churches that don't have access to some of the technology that other churches have. Mm-hmm. They're having to get really creative and, and put things together because you just don't want to lose your grip on your people right now. Because if you do, your people are going to drift and more than likely drift into places that you probably don't want them to drift because it's just, it's just, I just think anything you can do to engage people and put them in that community is just really powerful. Yeah. I love that idea uh, too around, and I've been saying this to to church leaders in just conversation that, um, you know, a lot of church leaders look up to someone they might look up, they might be like, Oh, I really love North point. I love Andy Stanley. And they might be like, I really like elevation or I like, you know, Saddleback or whoever they, they have that church that they're like, wow, I really would like to be like them. You know, quickly what you're seeing is that church in particular, we're going to see this as this lockdown gets more and more tight. Um, you know, eventually uh, it's going to be, let's say it's Andy Stanley at North Point. You love him. It's literally going to be Andy on his couch with his cell phone, which is exactly the same thing that every church in America can do today. You know, and that if you're a church of 200 or if you're, you know, 20,000, um, you know, both of those are very quickly coming to the same thing. And and so um, I think that's a, that's an opportunity for smaller churches to realize, hey, you've got something to leverage, which is great. Nice. The great community you've got, you've got the ability to connect um, and feel authentic um, and and you know kind of function in that space. Uh, so I would you know I would encourage you to uh, you know to make that first move. We've got a couple of questions that have started to come in. I'd love to kind of pitch them yeah. uh, your way. So this is Makili. She asks uh, the question. Uh, this is a different context from the primary focus of radical mentoring, uh, but and you'll see why here yeah. in a second. But I run a network of young adult life groups, uh, mixed groups of men and women, married and single, grads, students, and young professionals. Do you have or know of any resources or have recommendations 
uh, outside of the typical video or Zoom calls to maintain those groups connections at a time like this? Um, do you have any ideas of, of things beyond just let's have a Skype call uh, that, you know, to try to help groups stay close together, help people stay connected? No, I don't have Good call. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> the reality is, and I, I, all I know is you, we talked about it earlier, it's like the old yes. phone tree. I mean, yes. I don't know what you, what we have to do other than just force ourselves into the habits of reaching out to people. Yeah, absolutely. And that is yeah. the only answer I have is, is pick up the phone and call and ask people how they're doing and ask them how you can pray for them and mm-hmm. get out and walk your, I heard this from village church in Texas. They, you know, walking your neighborhood and just praying for the people in the houses. And if somebody passes you to say, Hey, I'm just, Pray, prayer walking because I'm getting antsy in my own house. Anything I can pray, I just anything yep. you can do to just be engaged. I think is as creative as I can get. And there's a, as you said, there's a thousand technologies to do it. Mm-hmm. I think it's the old fashioned tell using the computer in your pocket actually as a phone would be yes one. <laughs> yeah, I you know McKeeley too. I would say high tech and high touch. So I think the idea of doing and obviously not actual touch because we can't do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, the idea of like, yeah, we're going to do Skype calls or Zoom calls or whatever. But then, yeah, that idea of like, what if we, so our small group, uh, you can take this and run with this. Uh, our small group on Saturday, one person was like, hey, like we can't be together. What if we organized a an old fashioned car rally? And so they came up with this like, you know, kind of competition around our, t- our home and around our, our town. And we're literally going out and people are taking pictures and all that through a kind of group texting. We're keeping connected through, you know, like we'll take pictures and that'll and people kind of see where we are. Um, and then we're going to do the, be at one location at the end, all sitting in our cars, maybe sitting on our trunks talking, Hey, how's everybody doing? Respecting the kind of social distance thing. So I, I would encourage you to be thinking about, is there ways to still do some kind of connection piece? Um, there's a church outside of, uh, of New Jersey, Evangel. And if you're interested, uh, Makili or other people, just email me. I can get you contact information about it. They're doing a thing called Boxes of Hope, which what they're doing, and this works in um, even in lockdown scenarios, or lockdown's not the right word, um, in stay-in-place order scenarios, uh, what they're doing is pairing people's needs in the community with people in their church uh, who are willing to help. And so they're mobilizing people for when they go to their normal, um, go to the grocery store shopping kind of time where the churches has a central resource to say, hey, could you pick up these items mm-hmm. and then bring them back to the church? Then there's, a, again, a small subset of volunteers who are, again, in guidelines with their local towns or whatever, are packaging those up. And then another set of volunteers are taking those and dropping them off to people. Um, and and so trying to find ways to still stay kind of connected, um, you know, in, in these times. I've said another kind of communication stuff. When this is more around the how do you, this is less on the, like, how do we stay community? It's more like just in the communications front. I think this is a perfect time for churches to do direct mail pieces. People are mm-hmm. sitting at home. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed this. I go to the mailbox every day and I'm just like hoping there's something there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a great time to send something to people. Send, you know, a note or something to folks uh, who are, you know, in your, you know, in your deal. Um, Darlene actually said, our youth group is staying connected through Discord. Uh, that's an online chat service. It's like a phone uh, service. That could be another way, another technology 
technology. Uh, they had a meeting on Sunday evening and are getting together again on Discord tonight. Uh, so yeah, there's there are definitely you know technologies out there. If your group isn't groups aren't doing uh, group texting, you know now would be a good time to start that. It can be you know that's another way. Again, it's it's not. Um, you know, it's not the only way you want to communicate, but it could, you know, add on another uh, layer. Actually, Storm said here, he said, we um, do, 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 do. we use radical mentoring in our church and have uh, for our men. And so far, 30 plus men have gone through it. We've also adapted it for women as well. Uh, our groups are growing and we are multiplying leaders and strong disciples. So that's cool to hear Storm awesome. kind of giving a bit Thank of an endorsement, uh, which is fan- plus fantastic name. Who, yeah. Like, that's a great name. You can't go wrong with uh, the name Storm. Bruce said, I'm uh, calling myself Storm, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bruce said, uh, We're going to every home in our church that have small tr- children and hiding uh, Easter eggs on their property for the kids to find. Uh, obviously, they, they get permission ahead of time. That's a cool idea. I could see, and, and maybe McKeely, that could be with a young adults group. I could see that could be kind of a fun. Um, you know, thing to do with a small group, one or two people, again, respecting whatever the guidelines are uh, that you have in your uh, town. Uh, any other, uh, if you've got questions, again, drop them in or other ideas. There's some good chat going on. So make sure you keep an eye uh, on there. Um, you know, when in your own group, so I, 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 this is a question I wrote down. You already kind of answered it earlier. You're thinking about kind of changing the cadence, obviously doing mm-hmm. a bit more check-in. Um, you know, I could see that, that helping uh, and increasing uh, the communication. Uh, when when you look to the future beyond all this, I know the future is hard to look at. But what, what you know, where, where does the where do you think the future of even the organization radical mentoring? What does that look like for you guys as you look to you know the coming years? Even assuming we get out of all this stuff and it doesn't yes. become like The Walking Dead, um, yes. you know, where, where where does this thing go? Where you guys look to the future? Yeah, I think that we have some core things that will never be replaced. Are we learning now that you can leverage technology to? Um, engage in a, in a kind of a time like this, mm. um, we oftentimes get asked, could you do a virtual mentoring group? Mm. I, I just don't think you can replace the face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball yeah. communication and community. Right. So we may never change that. We will mm. never, I, I don't think you'll ever see radical mentoring say, hey, find your online mentoring group. Mm-hmm. With that being said, are we learning things now about and we having are we having conversations with organizations about other ways to leverage technology that can help you in the interim in between your sessions? I think we're learning a lot about variety of touch and frequency of touch to maintain the the energy in the group. So I think we will hopefully add some different ways that you can communicate inside. Will we look at changing some things and going, you know, from women's content, will we look at adding maybe some other layer of um, another track for a, a different kind of a different group of somebody. But we, mm-hmm. I feel like what we're doing right now is working so well. Mm-hmm. And there mm-hmm. are lots of other places to get tried and true Bible study, traditional content. Mm-hmm. I think what we're doing and Storm said it, you know, it's, it's not rocket science. It's mm-hmm. multiplication. It's disciple making. It's leader development, and it's working. And so I, mm-hmm. I don't have any really strong unctions to change what we're doing because we keep hearing the stories of what's happening that I just keep us keep us headed in the right direction. So, yeah. 
That's fantastic. I love that. You know, it'll be interesting to see if through this experience, you know, some of your, your thinking shifts on the digital stuff, you know, if there's, cause I'm with you on that. I feel the same on the, when I do coaching with churches that mm-hmm. I, I find there's, there's, it's just a different deal when I'm face to face rather than, um, you know, when we do online, it's, it is hard. I found it harder to, yeah. you know, to actually push towards change. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued to see kind of what happens in the coming, uh, you know, months, uh, if people want to uh, learn more about radical mentoring, kind of, as we close up here, if people want to know more about you, get connected, um, how can they do that? You mentioned the website earlier, radicalmentoring.com. Um, and you know, anywhere else you'd love to send them any other, you know, kind of tips on yeah, that front? No, I would say radicalmentoring.com is a, is a great place to go because what you will, you, you have access to the content. So you'll have the mm-hmm. ability to create an account, Mm-hmm. Um, which again, there is no enter a credit card number, get access to anything. But what it does is gives you the full breadth and depth of our resources from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. You'll also get assigned a guide. So we have got two guides that cover our United States churches, mm-hmm. myself and a guy named Trey. Mm-hmm. We have a guide specific to uh, our Canadian friends, who's a former nice. pastor in Canada, who's been leading leading groups. You will get directly connected with them. And then we will say things like, we want to get on the phone with you and have a conversation. And that is actually what we want to do. And so familiarize yourself with the resources. You'll you'll begin to get some content sent to you. But that is the best place to go because there's no hidden agenda. It's there and it's free and you can get access to it and kind of see everything. Yeah, it's fantastic. I would encourage you again, friends, to uh, to sign up. This could be a great season to to add this to your, um, you know, to what you're doing. I would imagine there are churches that are listening in that even have some men who who maybe even in the last week have said, "Hey, I want to step in and help. What can I do in this season?" This might be the perfect solution to kind of begin this conversation. Um, you know, in this moment, we know that there's people that are feeling uh, distance and disconnected. Uh, I would encourage you to step in again. And I, it blows me away. I know this is true of radical mentoring, but it blows me away every time I hear you guys offer this stuff for free. It's it's amazing to me. So, um, you know, there's there I, I, a lot I, I, of thing. Real quick, yes, this might be important. I'll make it quick. Yes. We don't want to replace anything that you're doing. Yes. So right, we're right, not right. here to replace your men's ministry or your small group ministry or your discipleship programs. Right. We think you're additive to what you're doing. We would also say we're not asking men to drop out of their couple of small groups so they can do the radical mentoring group. That's yeah, also that's the good. magic of the once a month for three hours. And so what I yeah. hope you hear me say is not Everything else you're doing is really bad. You should put all your eggs in the radical mentoring basket. No, not at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Continue to create environments of different sizes, different shapes, and different structures to attract folks into radical mentoring. Maybe the feeder for those. And then you're going to send those folks who've gone through it right back in to lead their groups and lead the tables and do other things. And so, yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. Yeah, no, that's great. And that's, again, I, that's so much what I love about radical mentoring. You guys are fantastic doing, helping so many churches. And so I'm hoping that people are, that are listening in today even would love to jump in uh, and, you know, get a chance to, to learn more. Kevin, I appreciate you being uh, here today. Appreciate you helping uh, these church leaders love what you're, uh, what you're about, what you're up to and, you know, all the best to the team. Let us know if there's anything we can do to help in uh, the coming weeks and months. Thank you, Rich. Same to you. Same offers there uh, from us. If you need me, let me know. I'll be anxious to help. Thank you. Great. Thanks so much. Take care.